For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify, among others. Also on Dash Radio every single night at 7 p.m. Download the Dash Radio app, search for Nothing But Net, and that's where you'll find us. You can also find us on FiveReasonSports.com, one of our guest host today you'll find his work there quite a bit and also the five reasons youtube channel getting close to twelve thousand subscribers we're starting to get close to ten thousand views on the post game shows which are hosted by royal shepherd we call them the post up so after you're done with the pods here head over there or vice versa also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network that includes our friend louis peters huge miami sports fan huge miami sports fan also, he's a great State Farm agent. This is an agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the entire United States. More than 60 years of a combined experience in the insurance industry. These are local agents that understand South Florida's unique market. They've got access 24-7 on the website at Louis Peters. That's L-U-I-S Peters.com. You can click in there or you can walk into the office in Miami. Just call the phone number 305-275-5585. It's 305 305- 275-5585. This is personalized service tailored to every customer. There are no cookie cutter solutions in insurance. And again, they handle all kinds of insurance there. He did my renter's insurance for me, um, got me a great deal there. He did my auto insurance. He does just about every kind of insurance there at State Farm. So get the benefit of a big company with great local agents, 305-275-5585. And now tonight's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here's today's floor plan, giving Greg Sylvander the night off. He'll be back with us tomorrow after the Memphis game and before the Memphis game on before floor. So filling in for him, our guy, Brady Hawk, we call him boy wonder. He's the one stumping Bam out of bio with questions. We've also got Alex Toledo. Who's the guy who stumps Eric Spolscher with questions. So you can follow him at tropical blanket. You can follow Brady at Brady Hawk three Oh five. These are the two guys for us that are on all of those zoom calls all the time. Um, I might join you guys in the playoffs. I'm, I'm, sort of being saved like Goran Dragic right now, but eventually I think I will jump on some of those with you too. But what we're going to talk about is Brady's article, but since Brady wrote this article, of course, Brady writes like six articles a day, but this is the defensive handbook to the Miami Heat that he wrote a few days ago. Um, We actually moved it on our website. I don't even know, Brady, if you're aware of that. I moved it to the voices section, so it stays up there a little longer, so everybody can kind of check that out. And I'm going to let Alex and Brady kind of geek out on this stuff tonight but Brady, this was advanced today on the call. So the Heat don't love to talk about strategy publicly. Um, Eric Spolster in particular does not. I think both of you have experienced that. But there was some conversation about the type of defense that the Heat are playing now. So can you kind of go through what was talked about today and how this defense may be different from what we've seen in recent years? 
Yeah, well, I think the main thing is basically they're not going to just go individual. It's going to be a lot of help. It's going to be a lot of blitzing. Um, as we know, it's a lot of switching. So as we've gone through, when they've struggled, it's been a lot of soft switches, which means, you know, the guy on the backside is basically left for, you know, another rotation or things like that. Um, so it is different. And that kind of, you know, he mentioned three years ago that it was much different. You know, you could probably speak to it a lot more than I can three years ago. But I do think it was just a lot more individual or now even when they kind of mentioned having so many guys like Trevor in the starting lineup and Victor in the starting lineup where you can focus in on one guy, they still want to make, you know, everybody's life kind of crazy rely on, you know, the rotations on the backside and constantly blitz people, make people uncomfortable, especially, you know, a guy like Steph Curry, you know, the big time ball handlers that they've gone against. So I think that's going to be a recurrent thing. Um, and they have a lot of options. And I think that's the key that, you know, the players were mentioning that they're more comfortable in their personnel than ever that they can rely on their defense more than anything. And that's why it's trickled down from Pat Riley to Eric Spolster to the players talking about it being their identity. Look, I, everything that Brady is speaking to, it's, it's a good point because like Spo has always been a great defensive coach. He's always had that reputation of being a coach who's willing to try different things when, when it calls for it, but he has just gotten into the mad scientist stuff on that end over the past couple of seasons, like having to figure out how to defend different types of rosters on spaced out floors with a roster where most of the guys are not great defenders for the past couple of seasons. Right. And now it's different, right? Like after the trade deadline, it's a, it's a lot more balanced out with guys like Oladipo and Ariza, but you're seeing all different types of coverages. Like Brady talked about, you see them trapping and, and I mean, blitzing and trapping and they have just gotten so good at that. Like they're on a string when they, when they go to that day, everybody, uh, you know, the weak side rim protector will switch up to make sure the, the guy who gets it on the short roll after they trap, like, doesn't get any type of advantage. Like, there's no soft switches, just like Brady said, right? And, like, whatever type of coverage they're throwing out, they're a lot more sound on it. And I think that's just come from all the reps that, they, that they've thrown out, whether it's uh, playing in a drop, which they did a lot more of last season, they're still good at it. Whether it's switching, they're still good at it. A lot of times, uh, you know, they still switch a lot of stuff off ball, right before anything happens in the screen, like they'll, they'll switch the off ball action, which there's a lot of now in the NBA and they're really good at that too. So like the defensive IQ is there for the whole team. Now they just have more of the personnel to really balance it out and make it all the way sound. The one thing I want to point out here before we get even deeper into this and, you know, kind of get into the strategy thing is to just speak to the flexibility of Eric Spolstra, because since Spolstra has been the head coach in 2008, this is like the sixth different defensive transformation that we've seen with this team. Now, sometimes it was incremental, but other times it's dramatic. And this is another one that's dramatic. But if you think back to the big three era, they played and Alex, I'll let you speak to this a little bit more, but like, I mean, they played a blitzing aggressive style with Bosch basically coming out on all the pick and rolls. Spolscher referred to them as skirmishes. Most of the offense in the big three era was generated from their yep. defense, everything in transition, getting the two of them out, particularly during the first couple of years where Dwayne and LeBron couldn't kind of figure out, you know, who was supposed to handle the ball in what situation. The easiest thing to do was get in the passing lanes, blitz everything, create deflections, create steals, and then get out and run because then they didn't have to think how different Alex, and then we'll pivot back to Brady. How different is the defensive style you're seeing them play now to what it was particularly during the first couple of years, of the big three are because by the fourth year, they couldn't really play that style as much anymore. A lot of the guys, Alan Battier, et cetera, had gotten yeah. old. 
The team wasn't really competing the same way. Dwayne couldn't play it. But for the first two years of the big three, how similar is that? Is this to say 2010 through 2013? Well, those peak years with the big three, that was kind of the best version of a trapping and blitzing and trapping defense I've ever seen. Like they were just so aggressive with it. And, you know, the types of athletes they had, you know, executing it just made it so hard to guard. Like you said, some of those guys aged out of being able to do it consistently. But I think other than, you know, before Bosch started playing five full time, I just think they were playing a pretty traditional defense. Uh, and and you could do that just because you had so many good defensive players. Like you didn't have to do a lot of different coverages if Chalmers and Wade and LeBron and Bosch and even Joel Anthony, like all of those guys are plus defenders. They can just stay in front of their guy. You don't have to worry about different coverages. The league wasn't nearly as spaced out yet. So you don't have to throw out all different types of uh, coverages to, you know, uh, address the, the three point situation. Uh, shout out to John Crotty. But as far as the blitzing and trapping, this version of the heat has just gotten into it. You know, I don't know that they're as good as the big three. They're probably not, but I mean, they're, they gotta be up there in the league as far as the blitzing and trapping, like they've done it a whole lot. They made Sabonis struggle in that last Pacers game. And that's got, that's somebody who you would think would be able to beat that type of defense just because he's so good at spraying out to passers. And like, I just think they really sound all over the floor defensively now, but I mean, that, that big three team was just a different level. Yeah. And, and again, you, you were talking about peak LeBron, right? I mean, sort of, he sh- probably should have been defensive player of the year, the year that I voted for Gasol and he gave me a death star in the you? locker room. Um, I, yeah, well, that's one of two votes that LeBron never forgot. Too objective. But uh, I was, you know what? I was bending over backwards to be objective. That's exactly to, in both cases, the Rose vote and the Gasol vote. Oh, you voted for Rose? Taken back. I, Ethan, let's move on. Um, so, 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 but but let's let's pivot back here, because one of the things about the because I want to change the subject. <laughs> one, one of the things about the big three era um, was they had the depth to do this, too. Right. Because they were rolling nine quality players, particularly during the 12, 13 season where they were bringing. Uh, you know, Ray was not a great defender at that stage. He was a pretty good defender earlier in his career, but like when they were rolling off Chris Anderson, who could, who was also another player who could blitz, he was mobile um, at that stage. He still, he still had pretty good mobility, you know, and, and, and they had two point guards in Chalmers and Cole, who, as we saw what happened to Jeremy Lynn could get up on you um, a lot. And that was sort of the, the reason that they drafted Norris Cole. So Brady, I'll go to this. Does this team have the overall depth to be able to play a blitzing style because it's different than playing a drop style drop style. You're going to conserve energy. If you're, if you're, you're playing so aggressively defensively, uh, there were some who thought that playing aggressively defensively is part of what was sort of causing hero and Robinson to struggle a little with their shooting because it was putting so much of a burn in their legs. Do they have the depth to be able to play that style? I was going to mention that I think it's more consistency in the rotation. Uh, when you're looking at their bench right now, the drop-off is kind of there. You're looking at Goran, Tyler, um, and Bielisa coming off the bench. You're losing a lot of that, you know, speed. You're losing a lot of that versatility. Um, and as we've seen lately, he's been, you know, going to the nine-man rotation and inserting, like, three guys off the bench at a time. Um, so when you're doing that, a lot is changing on the defensive end, and I think that's going to be, the you know, the one negative aspect of it so far. Um, I do think they have the depth of it that we've seen. I just don't think they have the, the skillful depth, depth that they're going to use and be effective you know, for a long period of time, um, they have all their defenders in the starting lineup, as we've seen, and they've been so effective in those minutes. Um, and there's a reason why that when Bam exits the floor, his off the court numbers, you know, 
skyrocket because he's basically, you know, the main guy that's facilitating everything on defensive end. So when he goes to the bench um, and another guy comes in, everything kind of falls apart and we've seen that. So I do think, you know, it is going to come down to that. You know, that's why you're so comfortable, you know, closing games in these situations and things like that, because you know, you have the personnel to kind of clamp down those situations. All right. Well, I want to get into that more specific players, uh, what they do at backup center, whether Ariza can do for them most of the things that Crowder did. I want to touch on that a little bit here after the break. Before I do, though, I want to tell you about two great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network with both of them. Use the code five, which is F-I-V-E to get your bonuses. So not the number five, none of that. Not five reasons, five, F-I-V-E. That's mybookie.ag. That's the place to bet. Prizepicks.com. That's the place to play daily fantasy. And not just NBA, although you can do that. You can play the single stack categories. You can go all in. You could go halfway in, however you want to play it. But also baseball season has started. So go over on hits, go over on strikeouts. You can play it that way. You can play on the soccer. There were people playing on the Miami Open tennis this past week. So you can play just about anything there, even highlight. Of course, we're going to promote the NBA stuff. We're starting a new show on our YouTube channel. We're just going to help you play prize picks on a daily basis. So check that. Check that. We're going to start that tomorrow. But also, if you want to bet, again, it's mybookie.ag. They have the best live platform. And you get your money quickly. You can play it live. So if you're going wrong way uh, in the beginning of the game, we'll play it at halftime and play it the other way or maybe double down. So mybookie.ag, prizepicks.com. They're not really paired together, but we pair them together because that's two ways to play sports every night. So use the code F-I-V-E. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to some specific players. You, you mentioned uh, the backup five, and, and we're still waiting for the Heat to add a player. They have to add one by Thursday. I know the latest buzz is on Greg Monroe because he's been working out with Remy and Ariza worked out with Remy. And, and this, again, if you don't know Stanley Remy, he's a trainer down here in Miami who a lot of people work out with. I'd love to have Remy on the pod. I've been working on that for a long time. Um, but Monroe has been down there. Monroe was not a very good defender in his prime. So, I, you know, Monroe was a pretty good low post player. He could score, but, but not much on the defensive end. But we don't really think anybody they bring in is going to be their backup five. So I, I'll start with you, Alex. Brady mentioned it. I mean, they're on off numbers with Bam. I mean, they're like historically, you know, different. Okay, when he's on the floor and when he's not. Is Bielitsa enough as a backup five to be able to play this style of defense when Bam is not on the floor? Or do you essentially need to put so many good defenders around him to at least cover him up? Yep, I think it's more the latter. Uh, like, I think Bielitsa, similar to Kelly, and I know we're just constantly comparing him to Kelly, and I don't really mean to do that, but they just do have a lot of similarities in, like, the things that they're good at. They're both high IQ team defenders. Obviously, they just don't have the lateral speed to be able to cover a lot of space. You know, when it comes to, you know, NBA level guys, but when you just plant them in the paint and, and they, they know when to rotate and when to come back out to the paint, like I think they can do it. And you've noticed like when, when they played Bielita as the backup five without precious, precious, they've thrown like Jimmy and Ariza there as the forwards, which was what you were talking about throwing other good defenders around them. And I think that's what they're going to have to do. Some, maybe you could throw in another guy there like Vic. I think they could try uh, stuff like that. And look, speaking of that, I, I think they can do like, they can find new ways of like new revenue streams on offense, trying to, uh, if you're going to put B elites as the five, like you could use all the depot as an attacker there, like to, so he could work with some space and maybe that's how he can get going as a scorer when, you know, cause I think these bench lineups on defense, like Brady was talking about is really where there's like, where there's a lot of holes. If you're playing Gore on Tyler and Nemanja B elites at the same time, it's just a lot of different guys that you could throw into actions and you could get good looks out of. So I think if you do a lot more staggering when, 
playoff time comes around, you're playing better teams. I think they're going to be fine just because they have enough guys now to be able to stagger. And I think Spo has done that in the past. He hasn't been doing it a lot uh, now, but I mean, he's done some of it, but I think in the playoffs, he can turn that part up. So you're not playing so many of those guys at the same time. Yeah. Brady, what do you think? I mean, uh, look, Kelly and Bielitsa have been compared in a lot of ways. Um, you know, Kelly competed defensively, particularly the last month. I know he's turned into Kelly Bird since he's gone to Houston and is starting this crazy, you know, back and forth with Houston fans as if they're going to want to resign him for $15 million a year. But like Kelly did compete. I mean, he took charges. Um, he was in the right spot a lot towards the end. We talked about his plus minus numbers. Some of it had to do with the fact he did compete defensively. Where, if you, if let's say, I mean, Kelly's not a 10, but let's say Kelly is a 10. Where would Bielitsa be? Is he eight and a half? Is he a nine? How, how is he defensively? I would say right around there, because I agree with Alex with saying about the team defense, you know, aspect. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, I think of a lot of times when he would be playing with Iguodala on the floor and he would blitz high on, you know, on Curry in that one game, um, and it forced him to become uncomfortable. Um, and it goes back to what they constantly say and rely on the backside to make the rotation because they have so many guys that are capable of doing so now. Um, I do think he's around um, probably around an eight or a nine compared to Kelly. I think that the speed um, is not, you know, close to where he was at, you know, and also I think it's going to be come down to, you know, the scheme wise of him fitting in. It's only been a couple games. Uh, we've seen, you know, Oladipo not really fit in offensively um, because probably defense is his strong suit. And we've seen, you know, Nemanja kind of fit in offensively a bit more than defensively. Um, so I do think that'll come. I think there's going to be more fit things. They can run different things, as Alex mentioned, you know, with him on the floor by himself. And we saw last game him, you know, playing next to Bam. I don't think we're going to see a lot of that because of the lack of not having a backup five where, you know, if you're playing them together, then you're obviously going to Precious. So that's not going to be, you know, something we see. But I do think it's interesting, you know, on the defensive end that they can run different stuff with Nemanja and trust him in different spots when you have Bam rotating on the backside. All right. So let's go back to you on this one and then to Alex after it. The Crowder Ariza switch. Um, Heat fans on Twitter went from thinking Jay Crowder was the greatest four to ever play the game and that the Heat would be punished eternally for not having signed him to a three-year contract to today when I polled whether or not Ariza would ultimately be a better fit for this team than Crowder, 70% said yes. So that's the fickleness of Heat fans because Trevor Ariza made a couple of shots. But let's drill down on the defensive part of this. Um, Jay did a fantastic job in the playoffs last year defensively, particularly guarding Giannis, guarding up, guarding physically. Trevor Reza is not that kind of defender. Is this in some ways matchup dependent? It, it seems like with Brooklyn, Ariza has experience guarding Durant that maybe he's a better fit for there than perhaps Jay would have been. Or generally, can Ariza be a better fit for the kind of defense that Heat want to play now than Crowder was? Brady, you start. Yeah, well, I think they're compared a lot, obviously, because they played been plugged into the same role. It's the following year. Uh, but I do think they're complete opposites on the defensive end. We've seen that, as you mentioned, you know, Crowder was very big on stopping Giannis. He was, a you know, a big guy who was able to guard post players. So they trusted him. 
you know, on those switches when guys like, you know, you mentioned Giannis um, throughout the game when they would have centers and Bam would guard the perimeter time and time again on soft switches. We've seen that. But now, you know, Trevor Reza is the perimeter guy. And I think that's where it comes down to a guy like Jason Tatum. You mentioned Kevin Durant, all these guys in the playoffs where you can trust that. Um, and I honestly think that he can be guarding most point guards instead of Victor Oladipo. If, you know, if Victor finds himself offensively and they want to find uh, spots that kind of take the load off of him, which sounds kind of odd because I don't think they do so since they're so heavily, you know, locked down the defensive end. But I do think they can kind of trust Trevor more than they trust Victor Oladipo on point guards. He seems more comfortable there, you know, than he seems in other positions. We've seen in his first two games with the team, you know, he played very great defense on Damian Lillard. Um, other than that last, you know, foul call at the end, he probably had, you know, one of the best games defensively of the year. So we're seeing, you know, these kind of strides. It's hard to compare the two things with with Crowder. Um, but as you mentioned, I do think it's 100 percent matchup based. That if they see a certain team, they may feel, feel more comfortable now with perimeter play, which is a bit odd because that's the you know type of thing that we were discussing as a weakness earlier in the season. Alex, who are they better off with? I think it's a reason, man. And I love what Brady's talking about. Uh, because I just think Ariza is the more versatile defender. So the thing I, I will say is I don't think Trevor Ariza can uh, duplicate what Jay Crowder did as a shooter last year in the playoffs, specifically in that Milwaukee Bucks round where he shot 45% from three. I believe Crowder shot uh, 35% the rest of the way in the other three rounds. Uh, so it wasn't anything crazy. I think he can do that. The 45% where he goes off, I don't think Trevor can do that. Now, I will say, uh, like, I agree with what Brady said that Jay is probably a little bit better at kind of guarding uh, bigger guys, bulkier guys, just because I think Jay is a little bit stronger, but in the same breath, Ariza is so much like longer that even though he is a little bit leaner, he can do the same kind of things. I think he's as a team defender, he's just more versatile. Like I think you could pl plug him in in all types of defensive coverages. You can confidently switch him out to the perimeter. And I know Jay was doing some of that last year. I think Ariza is just, a good amount uh, better at it, like Brady was talking about there. And I just think uh, he's a pretty clean fit. Like, I love what he does for them on the defensive end. I, I think he's a pretty clear upgrade over Crowder on that end, actually. Like, uh, it's nothing – it's not a huge margin, but I just think he covers a lot more space. And on a, on a team as small as this one, where, like, outside of Bam, they're not very big at all, I love Ariza's length. I want to get to you on this, Brady, and then uh, we're going to sort of sum this one up after the break. But we talked, Alex and I have talked a lot on the pod, as has Greg, about kind of the weaker defenders on the team. Dragic, um, Robinson, Hero. I don't think the Heat would argue with any of anybody that those, and, and none, I think, except for a stretch this season where he made some progress, so he's kind of out of the rotation at the moment. But those three guys in particular, we talked about Kelly, now kind of Bielitsa has become Kelly. But, but I, I will ask this. The Heat for years were able to cover up weak defenders. It, it was one of the Riley was not really known as a strategist necessarily. He was really more known as a motivator. I think even Pat would acknowledge that. I think Eric is more of a strategist than Pat ever was. Um, but one of the things I thought Pat did extremely well was drill down, uh, you know, helping your teammate. This is pre zone because there was. I mean, Pat was coaching those heat teams before they even allowed more zone defense, helping your teammate as much as possible. But one of the things I think Pat was always good at um, was, again, he, he would preach this lock and trail thing. They'd have stats. Pat would come up to us after practice and he would start spewing a bunch of stats about why he was playing certain guys because of their defense. And we always thought he just made the stats up, to be honest, just to shut us up. But he had these stats about lock and trail percentage and all this kind of thing. He would drill this stuff down. But one of the reasons he would do it 
is because they were trying to protect the weaker defenders on the team. Tim Hardaway came and he was not a particularly good defender at that stage. He never really was, but then he had the knee injuries. Um, Marley was a great positional defender, but he had lost a step and they had other guys that they were able to make them pretty good defenders when they were here. So I'll ask this to you, Brady hero Robinson Dragic. Can we've seen improvement, particularly from Robinson of late and, and hero in terms of effort, but can they make them passable defenders in this defense where you can play two of them together and maybe push it and play three of them together at times. Um, well, to answer your first question, I think that was why, you know, pretty clearly that they went to zone so much um, over that stretch before getting Ariza, before getting all the depot as they were hiding their weaker defenders. As you mentioned over time, they were, you know, pretty good team defenders, even when they were, you know, struggling, even though when they were getting hunted, that was kind of the area where you kind of realized it. Um, but I do think Duncan Robinson has made huge improvements overall on the defensive end. You've seen it. Uh, the one element he's needed to use is his length to his advantage. And I've talked about that once um, before. It's just that he has the length and he's just never really used it. They attack his foot speed a lot, but, you know, obviously that's not his real strength, but he's been able to, you know, use angles correctly. Um, he's just been able to do a lot of these things that he once wasn't able to do. Um, but I do think you can pull off maybe two, but three, I don't think you would be able to do so. Um, I think you're capable of doing two, maybe if you surround it with a guy like Jimmy Bam, um, and Trevor and things like that, if you could switch. Um, but it just comes down to, even when I, you know, ask Bam that question, it comes down to Bam with a lot of these things. And it talks about, you know, I, we've seen him, you know, kind of predict, uh, these screens and just switch right away. But I think it comes down to him kind of observing who's in the pick and roll with him. You know, he's capable of doing it, you know, when it's Jimmy and, you know, Jimmy can guard the big because he's been a really good, you know, post defender. You know, you can do it when Trevor's out there because he can switch on to anybody on the floor, basically. But when you have Tyler in there, when you have Goron in there, I think a decision has to be made where you're, you know, not going to rely on the backside every time to have, you know, Tyler come over and double team with Goron on a big. Um, and I think that's where it comes down to it. So, if they can clean that area up and it kind of starts with Bam, even though we talked about all the positive things he's done, which there's probably, you know, much, 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 much more positive things than there is negative. That's probably the one negative thing you can take out. Um, and until they figure that out, you know, that's going to be like the final piece where you talk about this team as a defensive team. And if you haven't heard it, go to the YouTube channel because the exchange between Brady and Bam is there. Um, Bam asked Brady to kind of repeat the question. So Brady had to be unmuted. Uh, again, they're not accustomed to getting, um, how do I put this, uh, sort of this type of strategy questions that we're talking about here on the pod. That's they're, they're, they're used to more cliched questions. And at times it makes the guys a little uncomfortable. Not that they don't know the answers. They, they know this stuff. They drill it. They're smart but they just don't really want to reveal it. All right, we're going to get to the last part of this here in a second. Before we do, we got an event coming up Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Wednesday at 4 o'clock, and it's open to anybody. Just DM me, okay? We can only take a certain amount, but the, the first few who DM can go. 4 o'clock, it's at Cooper City at F45. If you haven't tried F45, it's a 45-minute fun and innovative high-intensity interval training program. It will leave you exhausted. I've done it now three times. I'm actually going back tomorrow, and I'm going to go to the Wednesday sessions. You can make fun of me there in person. These workouts burn up to 500 calories per session. They help you drop the quarantine 15 if you pick that up. And they got month-to-month no-contract memberships available for as low as 8 bucks a session. But why not try it for free this Wednesday? They got discounts for teachers, nurses, military, and first responders. 
Here's the phone number if you want to find out more about it. Or again, just DM me uh, at Five Reasons Sports, 954-745-4517. That's 954-745-4517. First six listeners that we get, I definitely can get you in. Okay. And again, 45 minutes. They're not going to force you to sign anything. Just give it a shot. Bring some shorts uh, and you're going to work up a sweat. All right, let's get to it. Final thing. You got one minute each. Is this defense elite enough or does it have the potential to be elite enough to take down the Brooklyn Nets or at the very least push them? Alex. Yes, I think they do. Uh, Now the offense is the biggest question. And I know we talk about this every other pod, but I just think now, like, if you really uh, shorten that rotation in, in a playoff series like that, if you get a Brooklyn, right, and I think that's the one team where it's like you have to be just on point, and I think Bam might play, like, 43 minutes a game in that series <laughs> just because, like, Brady was talking about, he it really does come down to him. And like I've mentioned in, in other shows, he is the cheat code. I don't think any other team in the league has what the Heat have when it comes to what Bam can do. He can switch on to literally anybody and you feel more than confident. Like, you saw what he did to Steph. And I know Steph got off some shots over him, but they were very tough ones, and he most of the times could not get to a good look. And uh, Brady Brady talked about in, in the last thing, in the last question there about how they'll, like, Bam will come out and switch or he'll come out and trap, and they leaves the, the backside vulnerable, especially when it's Goron and or Tyler trying to kind of defend the post there. If it's not a Reese or a Jimmy or a Guadala, that can be vulnerable. And I think I want, I'm interested to see how much more Spo keeps doing that into the playoffs. Cause I think it's going to be a matchup based thing, just, you know, which is obvious, but I just think now, like no matter what type of coverage they throw out, you are more than confident, even if they want to go back to a traditional drop, which they can last year, they had, when you go to a drop, you're, you're confident about the backside defender. Cause it's bam. You're confident that even if the guy, the guard defender gets hit on the screen, bam will be able to kind of cover two guys, but now you don't have to worry about that. If you go back to a drop, Oladipo is the guy defending the screens and he is good at that stuff. He was a lot better at that stuff than the other guards they have. So bam doesn't have to come up all the way. He can kind of uh, hover around in the middle instead of having to come up to the guard and leaving the the backside open, having somebody to recover, and then the, the defense scrambles. So I just think now, like, a lot of the gaps have been filled there. And Spo, uh, once it comes to playoff time, he's playing eight, nine guys, and, like, most of his good defenders are going to be on the floor. They're going to give Brooklyn a real tough time. I, I really do think that. Now, the offense is the other part of it that I'm not 100% sure about. Yeah, but we'll deal with that in another pod. They've got the personnel, man. Yeah, all right, we'll deal with that one another pod because I, we can spend about an hour and a half trying to figure out what the hell's been wrong with the offense, and I know you and I have. But just defensively, because obviously, look, they're going to have to score points to to beat. And I mean, look, they're going to have to score, you know, 110 to beat a Brooklyn at the very least. The question becomes, though, and I think you summed it up well there, can they hold a Brooklyn under 110? Is that something that they – can they befuddle them enough to beat them four times, Brady? Yeah, not to compare, you know, to last season because, uh, you know, they didn't have the personnel that they do now. Um, but we even saw it then where they would rely on zone so much. And I don't think the zone is the best thing to do in a playoff series because if you're doing it in game one of a playoff series and there's many games, you know, preceding that, a team's going to figure it out. And we saw that in the Boston series little by little and they had to go away from it. Um, and now I think we're going to see it less and less. I think it's a great thing to do. Uh, there's a reason why we see it so much with the bench. There's a reason why, you know, obviously Gabe Vincent yep. has been, you know, competing defensively and Andre Guadala, uh is always at the top of it with him. 
But there's a reason why it always comes later in the game when they have their reserves in. Um, and I think that's why they're going to be so comfortable in a playoff series against Brooklyn because they can rely on, you know, just their personnel. And, you know, as Alex said, minutes increase. So you can trust Bam being on the floor a lot longer, Jimmy on the floor a lot longer, um, where you don't have to go long spurts where you're just going to fall apart defensively and Kevin Durant goes on a 9-0 run or James Harden goes on a 9-0 run. So it's going to come down to Brooklyn that. Brooklyn would demolish his own. Oh, 100%. Yeah, they can't play zone against Brooklyn. I mean, those three guys, and, and, and not even those three guys, just Joe Harris alone. I mean, I, they, they, would, yeah. they, they would destroy. But, but it's, look, I, the reason I like this and, and, and the reason I'm happy the direction that they've gone is because even though they had success with the zone last year, that's not Miami Heat defense. It's, it's just not. And it, it, it had to drive Riley crazy. Um, you know, again, this is a guy, like I said, who would score his players in practice on lock and trail. And, and here they are playing zone. Spo did it because he had to do it, but you do it out of weakness. You don't do it out of strength. And, and now this team can actually do something out of strength. The question becomes how do they cover up their weakness, which is still the offense. We'll handle that in another episode. All right, check out Brady's story. I put it up on the voices section of fivereasonsports.com so it's easy to find. Follow Alex at Tropical Blanket. Follow both of these guys after the games because they're the ones on the calls. And again, check out the YouTube channel and our sponsors, prizepicks.com, mybookie.ag, use the code five. And also check out our event, F45 in Cooper City on Wednesday, four o'clock. Everybody's invited, well, the first six. So make sure you DM me. And of course, if you need insurance, louispeters.com. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.